You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the screenwriters for On the Count of Three, Ari Catcher and Ryan Welch. What? No. It's a song about suicide. You can't listen to music that exactly describes the emotional thing you're going through. You know how cheesy that is? Uh. I don't listen to Alanis Morissette when I'm going through a breakup, and I'm not listening to Papa fucking Roach on the day I'm going to kill myself. I get that you've been in, like, a little bit of a slump lately, but suicide's not the answer to that. You stuck in some bullshit. Get a therapist or something. Stop standing in your own fucking way. I'd like to make a return. Really, nigga? This has been a lifelong thing for me. You don't know that things will get better. You tried it, Kevin, and you ended up in the hospital. This time I'm here. We'll do it right. We'll do it together. I love you, man. You're my best friend. I love you too, Val. On three. One, two, three. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I need one more day. You just tried to kill yourself three days ago. You had three last days. I got rice cooking in the microwave. World's our oyster. Any idea what we should do with our last day? If I had any ideas, I'm going to ask you to blow my brains out 35 minutes ago. Oh, fuck. I'm over. Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup. We're not going to see tomorrow, which means today we get to do whatever we want with no consequences. So let's use that opportunity to do some good. Are you in? I'm just doing all right. And it's a great day to be alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes. There's some hard times in the neighborhood. But why? been a hell of a run, my nigga. <sighs> Song's over, but the melody lingers on. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? What? I just said our last words. Why are you trying to one-up me? You did one, I want to do one. It's been a hell of a run, my nigga. Let's just end on that. I didn't know the last word I was going to hear was going to be the end Let's word. just fucking count it down, OK? All right. OK. On three. On three. All right. So um, both of you, this is, uh, this is a fun one. I guess first and foremost, how did you even begin to come up with this concept yeah um uh you know i think we we both really wanted to uh write a movie about male friendship we wanted to capture something that felt uh specific to us and and the way that we communicate with each other and um that's kind of that was that was the start of it. I mean, I think, I think um, it just felt like the thing that we knew how to capture. It was like the thing that we knew. And um, yeah, I think, I think that was the beginning of it. I think probably both of us were in a little bit dark of places, but yeah. I think, I think also at the time, but and so maybe there was some of that in the mix too, but I, but I think ultimately it was, it was like really about wanting to capture a dynamic that um that we felt like was unique to us yeah i mean i I do remember talking about that opening scene um that that striking opening scene and then trying to work backwards on these characters on like what got them to that point and like uh you know like ari said after we had written it and seen it it was like oh there's you know i never thought about it as like an autobiographical movie but then realized there was all sorts of through lines and themes that 
I had been dealing with that the character Val had been going through with in terms of like a relationship that he wasn't quite sure about. And, and so it was, it was interesting to realize that we had written a lot of stuff that we've been going through without even realizing it. So. Totally. I think also too, it was important for us to want to write something that felt it's a weird thing to say about a movie about two guys that want to kill themselves, but there was some <laughs> amount of wish fulfillment to it, I think. And yeah. in, this, in the sense that it really was at its core, it's two guys that have an excuse to do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. for a day. And as people that are pretty like regimented and like we sit down and we write and then we do our routines and stuff like that. And we kind of, you know, and, and think things through pretty carefully or pretty, both pretty like logical people, I think. I, I think there was something nice about the fantasy of just like, what if you could just go do exactly what you wanted to do? What if you could say exactly what you wanted to say to people? What if, what if you could just, and I think it's kind of a nice reminder. I, I think, yeah. I think sometimes that can be like a nice reminder when you're in a dark place that, that yeah, you, there is freedom. You can just go out and do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can go dirt biking at any time. And, <laughs> um, well, that, that's you too probably. Your father. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're all, they're also just like in terms of texture and the the setting, like, I mean, we grew up in Alaska and, uh, Oh, wow. You know, so yeah. So kind of, I mean, pretty, pretty familiar with like kind of a small town setting and the sort of, I mean, I mean, Alaska is beautiful, but it is like a little bit redneck too. And just capturing mm-hmm. like what it's like to grow up in that, in like a smallish kind of setting. And sometimes a sense of hopelessness that that's there, but you know, I, we know a lot of people that never left Alaska and, 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 and whatnot. And, um, sometimes, uh, yeah, just being in that that small town can yeah, can feel that way. So this is obviously a very tonally difficult film to pull off. Was there ever a time when it was more explicitly one way or the other, either more just out and out comedy or more just somber drama? I I would say one than the other. I would say I would say the concept starts off as, and, and I think this is kind of true in a lot of things that that we've written. Uh, even since then, have been, it's it's like you say the log line to people and people know that you kind of write comedy, I guess. So they're mm-hmm. like waiting for to laugh and you're like, yeah, so here's this premise of this movie. And they're like, oh, <laughs> that's not that's not funny. And then and then and so it starts off in an almost more dramatic place. And then when you write it, you end up writing a bunch of lines and a lot of things that make you laugh and 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 whatever, just because it, it's just. You almost sometimes maybe get carried away in that direction. And then you look at it and you're like, all right, well, maybe, maybe it's gotten too comedic and now I've lost the drama and I, and I, and I don't care as much about these people as I need to, because I just, cause they're just, they're joking too much. And, and I don't, I don't find them to be real, you know, people don't speak in punchlines. So then you kind of take back some of the lines that you really, you know, thought were fun. And, yeah. um, and you find that balance. And I, I think it is kind of a weaving back and forth. And then it's, it is, it is kind of something we're conscious of is wanting the comedy not to rob from the drama, but actually add to the drama because the comedy when it's done, I think tastefully could be, can, can actually make the drama feel more hit you more because now it doesn't feel like people are trying to make you cry. It doesn't feel so heavy handed because there is this comedy to accompany it and i think that the drama can help the comedy because if i don't believe that these are real people in real situations i don't really find it all that funny because anything can happen and i don't I, it you know 
Yeah, I, th- I, I think I think finding that balance is really important. So that yeah, I mean, there's also just as just as people in terms of our like sense of humor. Obviously, we got some pretty dark sense of humor, but uh, yeah. you know, we 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 tend to find yeah the darker stuff in life, the funnier areas. Just even per- on a personal level, it's the it's you know being able to cut uh, the sort of darkness of life with with comedy is something we've, you know we've always just enjoyed doing. Just you know, even amongst ourselves. So, so um. One of the standouts, one of the funnier elements of the script was uh, just this constant circling back to different song choices, um, like that that asshole who's too happy at the beginning and keeps singing the like it's a great day to be alive when uh, you know when the, one of the characters is trying to kill himself in the background, and then you uh, you have the singing bass fish, and you have Christopher Abbott is just determined to sing out Papa Roach. So talk to me a little bit about music in relation to this story and some of these song choices. I mean, well, I, I will, I'll just start out by saying that that part is very autobiographical. Uh, we, we, <laughs> you know, we're both kids that grew up in the nineties, listening to some rock and roll. So that's, uh, I definitely, in my, <laughs> what about the, uh, like, it's a great day to be alive. It's kind of like the opener to the film too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that just felt right for the character. I think I think it is I think that character represents somebody who just really gets a lot out of doing the things that you look at. It, it's kind of it's I, I think of this a, a lot of times with side characters. It, it it is kind of like you don't you only see them for a scene or two. So it it's you don't get to know them the fullness of them as people. So you really just end up focusing on one part of them and and that's kind of just how it is in life. When you just meet somebody real quick, you just focus on that one thing, usually that you don't like about the person in my right. case, but, but sometimes, <laughs> Same. sometimes, sometimes it can be a great, you can be like, Oh, that guy's a great energy or whatever. But like, but, but a lot of times it is that like, kind of, maybe it's not even that you don't like it's, it is just kind of like you focus on their quirk. You focus on this, the person, if the person just seems really excited to be at their mundane job and, and seems like they take it really seriously then in your head, that's all that person is. And um, the guy that sings a song like that at his mulch job um, <laughs> is, you know, I don't know. It felt like a, it felt like a person to me. It yeah, felt like my I, judgment of a person or what I felt like the fullness of a person is, even though I'm sure that's not, I'm sure that's not the fullness of that person, but it felt right for that character, I guess. Also, yeah, isn't like fully satirical. Like he does seem like a nice guy and, you almost do kind of want the happiness that that guy seems to have, you know, shoveling dirt. There's something, uh, you know, something admirable about it almost. Uh, More so than the vet who ran Christopher Abbott over with his car, at least. That's a fun character there. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com see you soon
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Uh, tell me about writing the um, the Henry Winkler character. That's a bit everything about that character and kind of how his story and his relationship with both of them pans out is interesting. Uh, that's a pretty addition, an already heavy movie. That's a pretty additionally heavy area to go into. So, well, one thing that we we talk about for villains in in, in movies a lot is just wanting to make sure that they have something to say. That's the mm-hmm. most important thing for us. You know, I, I feel like we've seen it a lot where there's where there is like a bad guy and all they are is bad. And that's mm-hmm. their whole thing. Maybe they have like an eye patch or like a scar <laughs> on their face. You know, it's like and that's that's their that's their entire thing is just evilness. And uh, so the main thing we talked about with him was just what is his what is his outlook on life? What is does he have a point of view? Does he have something to add as far as perspective on on um mental health or depression yeah i mean there, there there's there's the fun irony that he gives actually i think sound advice to <laughs> to a child you know right um is is a fun thing to play with because he, he probably is a smart guy he probably went to you know obviously obviously he went to school and and seems to be good with children in some sense and obviously terrible children in another sense so yeah uh, yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. important to us that he had a, a perspective about happiness and, and about, you know, uh, what ended up being in it was, was just about how people that have to try harder to find happiness sometimes can, because of that extra effort that they have to put in, they, they actually can end up being really important and meaningful to a lot of people. So, yeah. I, I, and I think that's a valid perspective and it was just important to us that if he's going to be the villain of the movie, that, that he also has something to say. The film has a lot to say about guns and the uh, kind of illusion of power they can get. And also just the debate on gun control in general. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause it comes up a lot in the film, obviously. No, uh, totally. And I think, you know, like Ryan said, we grew up in Alaska, so it's like we grew up around a lot of it's it's just a lot of people with firearms. And there it is. It is, um, you know, there is that there is that that I think everything that's said in the movie is at least somewhat true. Maybe some truths are more important than other truths, but it's there is different perspectives on guns and they all are kind of true. They are, yes, you hold them in your hand and it can make you feel like a big man. Like you can do anything because you have this piece of steel that if you move an inch, it can change everything. And, and you just point in somebody's direction and all of a sudden they, 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 they like are, are scared of you, which it's like such an easy cheat to have that kind of power. Yeah. Um, and, and, but also you point it and shoot at something and it's, and, 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 uh, you know, I, I've gone, I've, I've done target practice and there is something about where it's like, really, it, it perks you up. It's, it is kind of exciting. And when he, when Chris fires it and, and gets a burst of energy, like, I think that yeah. is also a true, uh, yeah. it is a, it is a, a quick source of adrenaline. Um, 
Yeah, and I, and I, I, I mean, we talk a lot about like movies asking questions and not giving the answers. I, I don't think we like ever intended to make some big political statement about guns yeah. and stuff. Obviously, it, the fun is the irony of like a character that <laughs> has been anti-gun and been very vocal about that, then suddenly, you know, like having yeah. a gun on his last day and kind of experiencing that. So it is more like the character-based irony of like his his perspective and watching him have to like wrestle with that. It was you know it was kind of fun to to, uh, to play with. So. Yeah, yeah, I I did love, you know, him repeatedly, like, being like this stereotypical, like, surface level white progressive, right, throughout, you know, between that as gun control, and then like, also when he's drunk at the end, trying to ask, uh, you know, generally ask about race. Um, we're about out of time, but I was curious, what do you see? I mean, we kind of saw an idea of the epilogue of that film, but uh, is he ever getting out of prison? Does he have eventually a happy life ahead of him, you think, in your mind? I would like to think so. Yeah. That seems nice. Yeah. I'm hoping so. That's I'm that's what so I wanted too. to believe. So. Yeah, that seems really, you know, I watched it. I, wa- yeah. I, I hadn't seen it in a long time, but I watched it last night with an audience for the first time. And I definitely felt that while watching it, where I was like, <laughs> it, it hit me where I was like, oh, I didn't want, I don't want, I don't want anybody to die. And I did want, um, I did want him, you know, I guess spoiler alert, but I did want him to not be in jail for it. You know, I, I, you feel, I, I felt something for those characters and I felt like I wanted good things for them. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, yeah, you do like the legal math on what he actually did. And it, it, seems, it seems like he'll be okay, you know, as long as he's, he's on, you know, his best behavior. And it, I mean, in general, it seems like he does, he finds a happiness and you know, obviously the, the irony that he's in jail is, is apparent, but um, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, this is a wild ride of a film. Very unique. Can't wait to see what you both do next, but uh, thank you so much for your time. Will, thank you so much. Yeah, hey, man, thanks a lot, Will. Appreciate it. Of huh? course. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with screenwriters for On the Count of Three, Ari Katcher and Ryan Welch here on the Next Best Picture podcast. On the Count of Three is playing in select theaters and available on digital on May 13th from Annapurna Pictures and Orion Pictures. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon for $1 minimum a month you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. 
So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.